0: Hello everyone, this is the D-Rays Bay Playoff Podcast Series, ALCS Game 1 Instant Reaction. I'm Brett Rutherford, Danny Russell back on today, and Jamal Wilberg, despite the craziness of the Game 5 Instant Reaction from last week, he's back on tonight for ALCS Game 1. It was a 2-1 Rays win, so Jamal, I'll, I'll start with you. I mean, what are your thoughts after, after that victory?
1: I think it's... Channeling the, the Kobe Bryant voice just in the back of my head, just jobs not done. Mm. It's, it's a good win, something to be, I think, appreciate and everything, all the emotions that went through it, but they're still going to take so much more to get three more wins in this series.
0: Yeah, Danny.
2: I, I feel really weird because I wasn't all that worried after all the stress of game five of the previous round, a one run lead against the Houston Astros. Yeah. Didn't feel all that intimidating and that's bonkers. This is a very good offense, not a very good bullpen at this point. A very good offense. And I mm-hmm. feel like fear was warped, And You got results like Diego Castillo getting called in when there's a jam and it takes him one pitch to get the out. This yeah. was a solid raise win. And that has a lot to do with pitching.
0: Yes. Solid is one way to put it. I've got to say there was a lot of, of, of luck, but that's going to come with any win. Um, I think it was expe- especially prevalent tonight. Um, and yeah, the offense came through when it needed to, I don't know if this amount of offensive output is going to be sustainable throughout this series, but Randy Rosarena does it again. Uh, I could literally just add the audio in from previous podcasts. We could talk about Randy Rosarena all night (laughs) long, does it again, straight away center field and another bomb for Randy. And you, you love to see it.
2: 109 miles off the bat, 413 feet. No doubter.
0: Yeah, it and was incredible.
1: Especially coming off, like you said earlier, Danny, I thought earlier in the game, especially with them having the devil ray on the hat of how many times since 2008 someone scores a run early and you think, well, it, one run might be too much, but it just kept looking like, that's just one run. Oh, there's another inning. Like they just kept feeling like this team would not yeah. be out of it.
0: Yeah, that, that Jose Altuve home run in the first. Yeah, Danny, I mean, I, I felt the same way. Go back to game one of the wild card round when the Rays won in a game where the the tying run was at the plate, it didn't feel that nerve-wracking. When you've got a guy like Diego Castillo, who's been as on, as he's been, on the mound for the Rays. Blake Snell gets the start today, goes five innings, wasn't his best outing ever, but at the end of the day, gave up just one run. And I think that's, that's really, really important. He was able to get out of jams, did give up six hits, did give up that home run to Jose Altuve. But the fact that he was able to battle, is really promising and a really good sign out of a guy like Blake Snell.
2: I'm so excited to put on my tinfoil hat. So (laughs) we're playing the Houston Astros, an organization where uh, the man at the top lost his job. Uh The manager of the team lost his job. But this was an organizational wide cheating scandal. Mm -hmm. where very, very few people were penalized. The third person who was penalized was the owner who got a slap on the wrist. Yeah. Uh, A very minimal fine. Every single player involved, no penalty. Mm -hmm. All of the staff in the clubhouse who were setting up the TV monitors, running the computers, there was a little bit of trash uh, trash can banging. We got to talk about that because it's fun and it's very obvious, but they developed a far more complicated scheme than that that involved iPads and, and other monitors that we don't have all the details to MLB doesn't want to emphasize the <laughs> cheating success right uh, had something to do with cameras out in the outfield uh tracking uh pitches getting called and communicating them mm-hmm. who left basically nobody right. it's the same organization it's the in same terms of the people it's the same players very little turnover so here's the joy of facing the houston astros blake snell steps up 75 percent, approximately of his fastballs got a swing on him yeah of the fastballs that were thrown for strikes almost a hundred percent of them i don't have the exact numbers uh because things are moving fast and i was (laughs) counting you know uh just by hand here but of fastballs in the zone basically every single one of them that he threw the astros seemed to know as if it were coming and i mean i'm complimenting the houston astros offense do i think it's weird that uh they basically couldn't you know swing the bat to save their lives and then they get in the playoffs and hit like ted williams i i think that's odd um You know, but kudos to Blake Snell, who figured out after the first inning very quickly that his fastball was not going to be his method to success, as it was the last time he started. When we saw Blake Snell out there, his fastball was his everything. That fastball was untouchable. The Blue Jays just got mowed down. And come around this time, if he can't use his fastball, how how is he going to respond? Great news. That curveball is being thrown for strikes tonight. Sometimes you get Blake Snell where the curveball is being thrown in the dirt. That's not tonight. He dials up a hard slider mix and he pulls out the changeup. Yeah. So we've got the full arsenal working. And so he's able to still use the fastball here and there, and it's still getting swung at very frequently uh, based on my eye test and my hand counts here, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, could 104 pitches too. what a night.
0: Right, and uh, yeah, I thought there was a chance, uh, a very slim one, that they sent him back out there for the sixth. Ultimately, it wasn't the case. Uh, but, yeah, I got, he battled, he adjusted, and uh, ultimately did what was needed to be done. So, Jamal, any other thoughts on, on the outing from Blake Snell we, that we saw tonight?
1: Just how many three-walk counts he somehow got out of. I mean, this team was playing with house money often in the game. In the fourth, he had Bregman Signal Center, walked Correa, and then walked Gurriel, and somehow gets out of the fourth. Then again in the fifth, all three batters he faced had a 3-2 count and somehow gets out of the fifth to preserve the bullpen <laughs> one more inning and, and get through it. It's just really amazing that he just found a way when it was needed at the most to, to get past those hitters.
0: Yeah, yeah. And let, let, let's talk about the bullpen. So obviously until Castillo came in, you saw John Curtis, you saw Ryan Thompson, and you saw Aaron Loop. Now I will say the fact that none of those guys um, gave up a run is nothing short of incredible. Not for
2: lack of trying, <laughs> right?
0: Right. So we talk about the stable. We, we talk about Fairbanks, Castillo, and, and Nick Anderson, and I know Curtis is sometimes included in that. Um, but Curtis Thompson and Loop are not your A bullpen. I don't know. Has Aaron Loop pitched in any other game this postseason? No. And maybe there was a reason Wait, for that.
1: Maybe.
2: Maybe in the wild
0: card yeah. round. I yeah, don't you
1: know. think for sure. in the wild card
0: round, he came
2: in against the Blue Jays. The because, exactly right. Yeah. Because uh, it was fun because it's like, oh, the Blue Jays. Um, I mean, Curtis, the pale horse, comes in and he ends up with men on the corners. Mm-hmm. And that's another situation where it was a first pitch to get out of that. And that was when Kyle Snyder came out to visit. And I have to say, I did not expect it to be Snyder coming out of the dugout. <laughs> right. Man on the Corners and uh, our <laughs> our Fear Horseman out of the Four Horsemen, uh, the, the one that you're most nervous about, uh, <laughs> has the faith and the trust of the coaches to get this done. Yeah. This is a, a rookie who was, <laughs> like, cut. <laughs> and the Rays made him a reclamation project and turned him into something that you can trust in the ALCS. You think about the ALCS. The stat from TBS before the game, there are three players on the Rays roster who have LCS experience. Charlie Morton mm-hmm. with the Houston Astros. Oops. <laughs> Aaron Loop. <laughs> Struggled tonight. And Randy Arozarena, Arena, which I think is a really fun stat because he got like three or four uh, plate appearances when he was with the Cardinals last year postseason and uh I mean that's basically a footnote. Uh it's not a lot of experience here. And uh Loop did not look like he had LCS experience.
0: Yeah, let's talk about Aaron Loop. A guy when Darby and I did the regular season recap a few weeks ago, I believe I gave him the award for guy that I was not expecting to contribute this season that did. And the reason for that is when the three batter minimum rule was instituted a lot of what Loop's career was built on during his time with the Blue Jays now is kind of called into question. He was a bit of a lefty specialist, and he had a lot of success. Yeah, he had a lot of success doing so. And so when the Rays gave him, it was a non-roster invite to spring training uh, back in March or February, um, I thought he had zero chance uh, of making the big league roster or being a part of this organization and pitching meaningful innings. Little did I know even though you know, this is a completely weird season, he would be on the active roster for the entire season and then also be on the postseason roster and pitch pretty well throughout the regular season. So he does come in against the Blue Jays in the wild card round, is, is on the roster in the ALDS, but with the righty-heavy lineup, the situation never really presented itself for Aaron Loop to enter a game. Um, but tonight you have a situation where you've got Michael Brantley leading off um, an inning and one of two lefties in the lineup tonight for the Astros. So they bring Aaron Loop in. And he hits him on the very first pitch. Not ideal. You can see Kevin Cash's reaction in the dugout. Uh, He agreed with me that it was not ideal. Because after that, you've got Alex Bregman and Carlos Correa up next. Strikes out Bregman. Then walks Correa. Then the other lefty in the lineup, Kyle Tucker, comes up. And you're thinking, all right, well, this is the guy he's also supposed to get out. And he gives up another hit. So the two guys that he was supposed to get out, and again, you know, you don't you don't blame a guy over two plate appearances. Both get on base, uh, and ultimately, uh, he is bailed out by by Diego Castillo, who comes in and gets the double play on one pitch. So, Jamal, I mean, Aaron Loop in that situation. I mean, is there now any other situation where you are confident turning to Aaron Loop?
1: Yeah, when you're up by a ton and and you've <laughs> got you've got some runs to give. I think you know the craziest thing is when he hit bradley to start the inning i've never seen a player hit by pitch and tear the pants i i don't i don't know why i was following the ball that closely but I there's a little it. rip out of it and that was the highlight of of loops no i i take it back he did have a really really uh good pitch yeah um for the strikeout in the inning but it outside of that if, if he only can come up to the to the mound if you absolutely have a huge lead, or you're down by a lot, and you're trying to save the bullpen. Otherwise, you know, it really feels like a liability to the team.
2: Yeah. Well, Cash has a a working, theory, a modus operandi, if you will, where he loves to set the tone up front when a reliever enters the game. Part of that is the three batter rule, um, but part of that is he wants you know the first guy that you get called in for to kind of set up what the rest of the inning is going to look like. He wants a really, really good matchup on whatever the first meeting is. And in this case, the way the order fell, it was the the tightest place in the lineup where you would get two lefties within four batters mm-hmm. because Tucker is four batters away. Yeah. So you go Brantley, lefty, and then uh, Bregman, mm-hmm. very intimidating right-handed hitter. Then Correa who has done very well in the postseason, and then Tucker as a lefty, right uh I, I get it. You start out with a lefty, and that first pitch, uh <laughs> Stinger, if you will, on the backside, <laughs> um was extremely disappointing uh to uh, Kevin Cash ex- especially. Uh if he was wearing uh or he was wearing a mask so he couldn't read his lips. So (laughs) I have an idea.
1: (laughs) That's the only time someone with a mask on, I'm pretty sure I know exactly what they said. And I read his lips through the mask.
0: And he
2: had also like turned around and you know exactly what he
0: said. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Aaron loop in that situation. And I I know we're, we're, we're only two days away from that game five where you had Anderson Fairbanks and Castillo both go multiple innings. And it wasn't really clear what their status was for this game. But Castillo like got up pretty quickly in that eight inning. And in a one-run game, and I know it's game one, and there's a lot of series left to go. But if you were already willing to use Castillo in that situation, and you were already willing to use some of maybe your other A bullpen, I mean, is going to Aaron Loop the right decision there?
2: Well, Loop showed his quality. And in my brain, he's not one of the top four arms in, uh, in the stable. Yeah. So after that, it, it, you get into handedness nonsense, but you could rank him like seventh in the bullpen. Like it's not, you're not using your top arm, but he still has quality. We are spoiled by watching the Tampa <laughs> Bay Rays pitch and his at bat against Bregman. He started him out with three cutters, which are high 80s. And then it was 95 miles an hour down the middle. Completely boggled his brain. Mm-hmm. Complete surprise to have that high heat coming in from the left side lefties generally don't throw 95 or harder yeah and the rays have three dudes who throw in the upper 90s and from the left side it's it's uh he he has quality to him and i don't know if we see him again (laughs) yeah
1: so enjoy the moment but it's also i think part of it in fairness how much of this is rust versus rest when you go 12 Mm -hmm. days between between outings and yeah you know, you get out there in that first pitch, there's a little bit of jitters. It's been a while since you've done it, but also we're playing every single day. Mm-hmm. So even if he might not be the ideal person or the right person, if you put your full A bullpen out there today, that just doesn't impact game one. That carries over into games two and games three. So at some point, he just, you just have to trust that he's going to get it done.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I, like, I like what Danny said. We are very spoiled with the bullpen we've got. Um, a lot of people would be begging for a guy like Aaron loop and he'd be a lot higher up on the list of relievers. Um, But also this is the ALCS and the expectations are are raised and there's a reason that the Rays got this far. And there's a reason we expect him to, to get a little further. So before we wrap this up, there's like one more critical, I guess, part of there's so
2: much from this game we could talk about.
0: Yeah. Right. But we, we don't want to go all night. Like we did on game five, Hunter Renfro we Danny, you and i we day, can't
2: end on a low so we'll, we're we'll talk about hunter renfro but i want to i want to talk about zanino I'm i want to talk about Kiermeyer. we got is, a lot to talk about let's let's list. let's just let's pick up the pace let's not camp out on aaron loop let's let's get after it hunter renfro also has the confidence of yes. the race front office shocking decision between you and i because right. our last podcast heading into this series uh, Brett, you and I both agreed Renfro, odd man out. Keep Brett Phillips for his defense. The Rams were base opposite. running. it.
0: Renfro has a golden sombrero on tonight. And I'm not blaming him for for like like that ha- bad games happen. Tonight was a horrific game. But the fact that I wasn't even sure he had a spot in this roster. Now I know like if you have him on the roster, he's going to start against Vambo Valdez. He's a left-handed pitcher. Renfro easily slots into that lineup given the roster makeup. Um, but they bring back Jose Alvarado and Josh Fleming, Trevor Richards and Brett Phillips fall off the roster. They decide to keep Renfro. At the end of the World Series, like if Renfro gets a big home run at a big moment, like he did in the Wild Card round, it might not matter. Um, but I do think like Renfro's role is very limited. Where Phillips, you can bring him in as a pinch runner. You can bring him in as a defensive replacement. There are multiple times that throughout the series that the moment for Brett Phillips arises. And I, I don't know. We don't know. But Renfro, poor game tonight. We're not going to rip on him. Um, You know, it was a poor night offensively for the whole team. And Renfro was probably just the biggest glaring. But the former
2: uh, San Diego Padre has 45 home runs in Petco Park. Yeah. Which is the third most ever by a player for Petco. Mm -hmm. Um, So,
0: yeah, I guess I get it. Yeah, it it, it makes sense. Let's go to Mike Zanino. Uh, Amazing defensively. Uh, Really has turned it up a notch in the postseason. Last year in 2019, really great defensive catcher, terrible hitter. This year, the bat didn't really come along. The defense dropped off a little bit. In the postseason, though, he has been nothing short of incredible.
1: Yeah, I think the bat came through when it needed to the most, yeah. you know, to help get uh, Adamus across the plate there in the, in the fifth. And just getting that hit just past Altuve's length and reach – Uh, you know, came through in a real clutch moment. Then so many of those balls that he saved towards the end. Again, we talked about how many times there were runners on base and his defensive niftiness uh, came through huge for the Rays.
0: Yeah, he he has been huge. It's a great night blocking pitches from him. He had the backhand in the ninth inning, where I thought probably wasn't the best time to break out the backhand Um, on that ball in the dirt that was moving away hard from the plate from Diego Castillo and he was able to go down and get it on a back end. looked like a first baseman, um, and, and that was really awesome to see. It would have moved the runner over to third if it got away from him. But, yeah, the Astros left a lot of runners on base tonight, and Mike Zanino played a role in that. There were definitely times where guys could have moved over and eventually been driven in if it weren't weren't for his defense.
2: Two guys uh, we should also highlight real quick at the plate. One swinging hot and one swinging not. Uh, so Kevin Kiermeyer, hot bat tonight. Yeah he doubles. had a double two doubles uh, two. Uh, 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 well yeah yeah so the first double uh, results in a cot stealing yeah. the call stands i strongly believe that bregman's glove hit the dirt and not kk's arm i mean maybe but, but yeah. we we don't have the camera angle because apparently during the postseason when there's literally no fans you can't just set up camera angles that it's like <laughs> in the nfl when there's no camera angle in a stadium looking directly down the line. Why can't we set it? Why isn't that not the priority Mm -hmm. is to put a camera angle looking down the baseline or something like that. It doesn't seem hard. I mean, in the trop, it's pretty easy. You just use the catwalks, but yeah. I I strongly believe he was safe on that caught stealing. I strongly believe that he made that decision all on his own. I don't think Kevin Cash. I agree. Would (laughs) have called that from the dugout. Um, I like the aggressiveness. He was safe. Uh, his second at bat, just a miracle of a snag by Valdez uh, who whipped around yeah. his body and dropped the left hand down as if he were break dancing. But instead of break dancing, he caught a baseball <laughs> with his glove. Astounding. And then yeah, the double to left field. Uh, great night at the plate for him.
1: And that Valdez miracle catch coming right after the ball went to Blake Snell and, and he missed that one. So the, the pairing of those two moments right after each other, Also made for a good moment there in the game.
2: Uh, The guy who's not been swinging great, but maybe he's breaking out, Brandon Lau. Mm. Let's go. He hit that Mm. little dribbler to the left side, (laughs) legged it out. The catcher's throw from Maldonado was behind him, so he was safe. And then, uh, you know, he, he looked born anew. He was born again in that next plate appearance, fouling off very, very, very difficult pitches that were getting thrown his way. It ended on a strikeout via the foul tip, mm-hmm. uh, a hard fastball inside. Brandon still got a bat on it, and it, Maldonado was able to catch it. Yeah, um, I felt great about that at bat, and uh, I'm, you know, prediction for tomorrow, Brandon Lau's back.
0: I'm saying it. I'd love to see him get, get some big hits off of Lance McCullers and, and get a couple times through the order at least. So, yeah, I, 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 the, I am going to take that win, for everything that it was, it's a huge win to get in such a close game. I am a little nervous about the series moving forward, and we're not going to we're not going to like hang on that tonight because it was a it was an amazing win. Diego Castillo came in, shut the door, got the victory, and that's what the Razor built on: pitching and defense. We say it over and over and over. So when you win a game like that, you have to appreciate it, and you cannot take it for granted. Uh, but moving forward, the, the bat's got to come alive a little bit. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we, we get the A bullpen tomorrow if, if we have a chance to, to seal off another win and, and, and take a 2 nothing series lead because that would be epic. Any other final thoughts?
1: Only other thought, I think the low-key play of the game or, or a huge momentum change is that Willie Adamas double play. Yeah. You're down 1-0. Willie doesn't make that play defensively. Who knows what the bottom of the fourth looks like and, and what the team's thinking mentally when a Rose Arena is at the plate. Yeah. So I think that'll get lost in everything else that happened. But huge play, huge emotion shift, I think, for both teams.
2: Absolutely. You are completely right. It was a stellar catch. And what I also love from Lily on that is his uh, body and spatial awareness because he's making that catch and he's already drifting towards second base. And I loved that in the slow motion replay that TBS was giving us, as you can see, his whole body Matrix style because of the slow mo drifting toward the bag, ready to catch uh, Bregman too far. And Bregman wasn't that far away. Mm-mm, not at away. all.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, we talk about Willie Adams, how he is a franchise shortstop and how awesome it is to have a guy like that. And I think the downside, of, like, not the downside, but when you have a guy like that, those plays often go unnoticed because it's just what you kind of expect to happen. And it was such a huge moment in that game. So, Jamal, yeah, really happy you brought that up. Um, but, I mean, 2-1 win, Rays have a 1-0 uh, series lead. And, uh, Danny, any final thoughts?
2: Yeah, we have to tip the cap to uh, Framber Valdez tonight yeah he's legit i don't want to say legit stuff yeah i mean incredible story for him too he uh if i if i have my details correct which i might not uh something about failing an mri with milwaukee and then um maybe he doesn't think he has a chance to sign uh he finally gets a showcase with the astro scout uh the sun is setting so they drive a pickup truck up and flip the lights on so they can watch him pitch he ends up signing for like 10 grand if i have those details right I am digging, you know, (laughs) into (laughs) the crevices of my mind. I think this is the guy. And I should have researched that a little bit more uh, before coming on an informational podcast here. If that's completely false, I don't know who I'm talking about. I'm pretty sure it was Valdez. Incredible story. And, I mean, the Brandon Lau first inning uh, uh, plate appearance is etched into my brain. He starts out Lau The whole first inning. I mean, that whole first inning was just brilliance to come in and just be shut. And Garrett Cole wasn't ready for the first inning Yeah, when he made his appearance. Framber Valdez was. Uh, change up down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't expect that. Yeah. He paints the black with the, with the sinker away and then drops in a beautiful curveball strikeout and i was just like oh dear we're getting no hit <laughs> <laughs> i mean that first inning was incredible so kudos to that kid um uh, i hope i never see you and your thick neck again for the rest of this series uh because that it, means the rays one and four
0: yeah if there's any if there's any incentive and i'm sure there's plenty of incentives to get this series done very quickly it's the nazi Framber valdez again uh, because for those first few innings, I mean, he had the raise in knots, and he, and he was incredible. So, yeah, tip of the cap to Faramber. Um, that's going to do it for our ALCS Game 1 Instant Reaction. Thank you to Danny and Jamal for hopping on. We'll be back tomorrow, seven games in seven days. I'm not ready for that, um, but thank you guys for listening. If you want all of these episodes downloaded directly to your device, make sure to subscribe to our podcast feed, and make sure to head on over to DRaysBay.com to check out all of the great coverage of this 2020 postseason run talk to you guys tomorrow
2: dusty please keep using your best relievers when you're down